This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. All right, let's start with the compensation. Chase Claypool comes over to the Bears, and we talked about it in our emergency podcast. The Steelers get the best second-round draft pick, and some people think it was overpaying. We had um, uh, we had uh, a guest on the Mullion Haw show, the Filipponi, <laughs> on on Thursday morning, and he did not paint a very positive picture of Chase Claypool, and it doesn't sound like the Steelers are going to miss him. I, I, I categorize that, and not with I'm not dismissing it, but I do think that you know you talk to football people, and they 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 do paint a little bit different picture. There are some concerns that are obvious with Chase Claypool. Um, he has some flamboyance issues. He has some things that you want to you know tighten up. Obviously, if you're uh, he, can he be coachable? That kind of thing. I pay more attention to that and what I see on tape myself than some other, you know, outside opinions. But Dan, how how do you think you would describe how he's acclimated himself quickly into the football <laughs> and into the the locker room um, with the Bears? It's been two days, right? So it's been a whirlwind for Chase Claypool, who said that his flight touched down at O'Hare at 7:45 a.m. on Wednesday. He was in the building by 10:30 and on the practice field a little bit after one o'clock. And so you understand that uh, again, this isn't fantasy football. You don't just grab a guy and plug him into your roster, and there's no human side to this. Chase Claypool has had to come across from from Pittsburgh to Chicago, try to figure out where he's staying in the short term, try to figure out how he's getting to Hallis Hall every day, try to figure out where the meeting room is, try to figure out what the playbook looks like. And, and so there's a lot that's come with him trying to be out here. I can tell you that late on Thursday afternoon, he was working extra with Justin Fields, trying to get some timing down, trying to get some more uh, understanding of this offense. I, uh, we talked to the Bears assistant coaches on Thursday evening. And, and Omar Young is a, a assistant wide receivers coach here at Hallis Hall, who has basically uh, been given uh, the homework assignment this week of spending some extra time with Chase Claypool to to teach him, uh, you know, the, the formations, the splits, the motions, all the things that come with Luke Getze's version of this offense. And so there's a lot of homework that goes into getting a guy ready to play. Uh, Tyke Tolbert told us on Thursday evening that that he sees a range of maybe 10 to 30 plays for Chase Claypool on Sunday. They're going to have a package in for him, and it really all depends on game flow and when and how the Bears get to the plays that Claypool will be involved in. So there is confirmation that he will have some role, uh, a minimal role, and then they've got to figure out where it goes from there. This is going to be fascinating, right, because it's, it's November third and we talked about this the other day there is not a lot of time left to get up to speed in an offense and produce it at, at a maximum level and so it's going to be a grand experiment here to see how much chase claypool is able to to contribute right and how quickly he can catch himself up so that he's able to contribute it'll be really really interesting to see where that heads and i find it very interesting let's go revisit what i was talking about at the beginning of the segment andrew filipponi from 93.7 the fan in pittsburgh was the host that offered a very scathing review of Chase Claypool, the player in, with the Steelers that was disappointing enough where a lot of fans felt he was expendable. They're not going to miss him. They love the fact the Bears gave up a second-round draft pick. They're excited about George Pickens, who, based on some uh, 
early reviews, people are reserving his date in Canton because of his start, even though I, you know, look, I, he's a second round draft pick. A lot of people would have liked to seen him in Chicago, but let's not get off track here with Chase Claypool. I think changes of scenery often benefit athletes for whatever reason. It wasn't working in Pittsburgh. You could point to the quarterback inconsistency that changed after his rookie breakout season. You could point to maybe his own irresponsibility and lack of focus at times where it was evident on a very public stage. But Dan, don't what do you think about how the Bears were able to and I guess why they were able to maybe overlook some of those obvious concerns that were you know, <laughs> people outside because of their situation? Was it just desperation or was there some uh, were there other reasons and contributing factors? I mean, this is made out of need. We had this conversation in the media room uh, late this afternoon because, look, like I think there are some that are setting way too high of expectations for what the Bears actually just acquired here, right? Like you don't get uh, superstar wide receivers with a year and a half left in their contract very often, right? And so so I, I don't think this is Calvin Johnson coming over to join the Bears. This isn't Justin Jefferson. And so set your expectations accordingly. But as Jason Leeser the sometimes pushed back on, he said, listen, we're just like three, four weeks removed from the Bears going to Amir Smith Marset in crunch time of football games, right? Now that you're mixing, you know, Nikhil Harry back in the mix, you've traded for Chase Claypool, you're, you've got Darnell Mooney. Now you, at least you have a little bit more of an established, proven group of receivers that you can that you can lean on a little bit. And so, uh, you know, you're hopeful, right, that 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 Chase can do what he did through stretches of his time in Pittsburgh, which is make the difficult catches, make the quarterback look good on plays where he doesn't necessarily look good. Right. And, and that's going to be a big key. I did think it was interesting to hear Justin Fields' tempered expectations on Wednesday afternoon, David, when he said, look, like this isn't high school football. It's not just like you look off with safety and you throw a ball deep to, to the one guy that you have. And you just expect home run after home run after home run. This is the NFL. I still got to go through my progressions. I still got to go through my reads. I got to figure out if he's reliable to be where he's supposed to be in this offense when he's supposed to be there and so there's a huge process to that and that's why i bring it up because even receivers that join a team you know in free agency they talk about needing otas and minicamp and training camp just to get up to speed with their responsibilities and and, and an understanding of the playbook again it's november 3rd you got nine games left and you're going to ask chase claypool to be somewhat of a savior for the receiving core I, it's, it's a big ask and so uh, you know the expectations need to be need to be modest well, okay. I, I, I'm, I, I'll accept that. I think that you don't need him to be a savior, but you, you don't also want to overstate the complexity of football. It's still football. And Chase Claypool is an athlete. He can run, he can catch, and he's big and physical, and he's a, he's a target that you know, is much easier to hit than somebody 5'10", 170. And, and so I'm glad that Justin Fields publicly is tempering expectations because that's the appropriate response to this publicly, but he's got to be jacked and everybody in that coaching office has got to be jacked. And, and I have to tell you, this is where I, I I'll admit a, a, a weak spot. I, I, I like to look at things the way that Alan Williams describes and the way that Luke Getzey probably is feeling. I think if you're a coach, you feel like you got a guy who has had success as an NFL wide receiver, the way that Chase Claypool has proven he's capable of having. And you feel like you can get that out of him too, because you've seen it. It's not a matter of, can he be an explosive player at the NFL level? You know, the answer is yes. The trick as a coach, as an organization is now, how do we get him 
to do that? How do we put him in a position to be that guy? And that's the challenge. And certainly it's going to be a difficult one in the remaining nine games and maybe even in the, the next year and a half. But I would love that challenge if I'm Matt Eberflus, Luke Getze, or whoever is coaching him because I have seen it before. And that's why if you're watching, looking at this through the prism of the Bears and through the Chicago lens, you're seeing potential impact player. If you're looking at it through the Pittsburgh lens, you're seeing troublemaker, see you later, good riddance. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's pro sports at their best and their worst. Well, listen, they're going to have to uh, install the electric fence to keep Chase Claypool from getting off into diva territory, right? Like you're going to have to have that. So if he gets close, he gets buzzed and shocked and he, he comes right back and fits into the culture that you've established that multiple coaches in this building this week have said, have talked about the conversation they had with him during an onboarding process to say, this is how we do things here. That's everything from practice habits to how we handle ourselves in the locker room to how we handle ourselves away from the field. And so they have obviously uh, received some of that, that Intel and, and, and they're aware that this is something that they're going to have to keep their arms around. Also notable, David, that, that the bears out, bid the Green Bay Packers for Chase Claypool's service, right? And so I asked Luke Getze on Thursday uh, whether he had to send an apology text to Matt LaFleur for, for, for taking the guy that might have been able to help Aaron Rodgers get back on track with the, with the Packers struggling the way they are. And he said, look, I didn't even realize the Packers were involved in those conversations. That's how in the dark I am. So he hasn't reached out to his buddy Matt LaFleur to apologize, and he probably owes him one. But I thought that was that was interesting because uh, obviously that's a, a divisional move there that, that, that you know, I, I have a feeling the folks in Green Bay uh, don't love that they were they were uh, actionless at the trade deadline. I'd love that you asked him that question, and I'd love even more that he had no idea that they were <laughs> in on it. That just shows you the bunkers that these coaches uh, work in throughout the week. And I, I don't think he was exaggerating. My sense is he probably didn't know. He is a – No, he's a straight shooter. He's a grinder, and he would have said something, and I think it was honest and authentic, and it was, it was very – revealing in that it gave us a glimpse of just how hard these guys are working to try to put together a game plan that's going to work on Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, let's see. I think, you know, again, it's like the Justin Fields uh, formula, right? With Claypool, you just want to see a couple flashes here and there over the next few weeks to uh, believe that you got a guy that can be a long-term difference maker, because if he's not a long-term difference maker and you decide at the end of 2023 that his contract's expiring and you're going to let him go into free agency, well, then you just lost the trade. And so let's see where it goes. All right, let's wrap things up with our two-minute drill. 